All right, how's everybody doing? Wow, that was like three of you. How's everybody else doing? There we go, praise God. I'm going to move this forward a little bit because, you know, we went from like being like right in front of your face. Ooh, there we go. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. We went from being right in front of your face to having a platform. How many of you guys are enjoying this beautiful building? Three of you, praise God. Look, I don't even care. I am enjoying it, and I am loving it, you guys. Well, first of all, I wanted to just say welcome uh, to everyone here. We're super happy that you guys are here. If you don't know who I am, my name is Jason Townsend. I am also one of the lead pastors here, and I actually have the privilege of being able to preach uh, the Easter message to y'all. Are y'all pumped about what the Lord is doing, not just in our church, but in Knoxville? Come on, it's so incredible. Can we give the Lord honor? For everything that he's doing all over our city, it's really cool. Well, what's so funny is, you know, we actually had one of our, one of our regulars uh, come up to me. This was a few weeks ago, and they were like, hey, so what are, we, uh, what are we doing for Easter? And I was like, the same thing we do every week. We preach Jesus, and we love the people that come, and that is our heart. I was actually, I was talking to a friend of mine. He actually is the lead pastor of this church that we're in. And uh, such a great guy, Pastor Cole, such a great guy. But I was talking to him, and I was like, hey, man, yesterday, I was like, are you excited about Easter? Are you excited about tomorrow? And he goes, same, basically the same uh, day, just like it was last weekend. And that is our heart, just a normal day for us. Here's the thing. Let me just say something real fast before we move on. For those of you that don't know what City Point is about, our heart is really just to keep it simple. Because I really believe this, that if you have the presence of God and you have the word of God, someone's life can be changed forever. And here's the reality. I'm not even against, like, doing fun stuff for Easter. I'm not against it. We have a great time as a family celebrating. But I'm going to tell you something. If you come to a place because you're looking to be impressed, you're going to live looking to be impressed. If you come to a place looking for, man, what's the next coolest, greatest thing you're going to, it's just a, it's a relentless pursuit that I'm telling you, it does not satisfy. One thing that does satisfy is what? The presence of God in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. When he changes your life, you don't need anything else. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? That's the reality. When you experience the presence of God. He changes everything. And I'm not even against it. I'm not, I'm not here to bash churches. We love all of the churches here in Knoxville. We pray for them. Our heart is this. You see what you get. Or you get what you see. There it is. Sorry, you get what you see. I was praying. I was praying over this message. And I promise I'm going to get into it. But I was praying over this message. And I felt like the Lord told me two things. And I want you to hear it this morning. One, there will be people in this room that have never experienced the love of Jesus. There will be people in this room that maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe, you, maybe you've never been in church. Maybe you've never experienced the love of God. And I'm believing that tonight the Lord is going to do something in your life and he's going to change some things. So one, people have not experienced the presence of God. And two, there are people that you are intimately familiar with God, but he's going to take you to a new place in his love tonight. Are you guys ready for that? I said, are you guys ready for that? Come on, look, listen to me. I believe a quiet church is a dead church. Do you believe that? Come on, somebody, right? If the church is alive, it's worth the drive. Do you believe that? Come on. 
And listen, I really do believe that. So here's the reality. The more you shout back at me, the quicker we're going to get done with this tonight. I'm just kidding. Hold on. Hold on. Listen, you guys, this, this I almost said this morning. I'm going to catch myself. Tonight, I want to preach to you from the subject, real love. Real love. And you know what's funny is, this is not a part of a series, but this is, this is a, a, what we call a, what do we call it? Uh, a standalone. Thank you so much. A standalone message. But I was really excited about it, and I was like, Lord, what is it that you want me to preach on? And he, and he gave this concept to me. Real love. Why is it so important? Why is real love so important? Because, listen to me, in, in the original language, there are so many things that in our culture, I like to call it, we Americanize the Bible, where we will take a word that means something in our culture and we'll apply it to Scripture. And how many of you know that's one of the worst things that you can do? Because in Scripture, the word love means a lot of different things. And there are actually six different versions of the word love in the Greek. But in the Bible, they really highlight, we really highlight three of them, right? And I want to talk to you about, I'm going to just run through them real quick. Eros is romantic or sensual love. Phileo is brotherly love that unites us as believers. And the one that I want to talk to you about tonight is agape, which is God's love for humankind. God's love for humankind. I want to give you one example real quick. John 21, 15 says this. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but Jesus asked him that three separate times. The first time he said, Simon, do you phileo me? Or he said, Simon, do you agape me? And, and Peter goes, of course, Jesus, I phileo you. And then he asked him again, and he gave him the same response. And finally, on the last one, if you break down the word, it literally says, of course, I agape you. You know all things. Of course, I agape you. The point is, is we can easily, as Americans living in an American uh, world and, and area, we could literally, we could miss something so big simply because we are looking at a word that is broken down in our culture, not necessarily what is in the word. This is what I wrote down. Put your focus on real love and watch as it changes your life. Did you hear me? Put your focus on real love and watch as it changes your life. The problem is in our culture, we live in a place where Hollywood teaches us more doctrine than the Holy Word. Do you believe that? The reality is, this is what I wrote down. Our doctrine must come from what? The Holy Word, not from Hollywood. And I love Hollywood videos. Come on, somebody. I really do. I like watching movies, and I'm all about it. But the reality is, is if we're getting our belief and our doctrine from Hollywood, we're going to get our lives super messed up. Do you believe that? So here's the reality. I have, I have four points here real quick. We're going to jump into them. It's going to get good. Real love started with a gift. Real love started with a gift. John 3, 16 says this, for this is how God loved the world. Watch this. He did what? Come on, say it again. He did what? His one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. How many of you love to receive gifts? Come on. I love gifts. It's like my love language, okay? So like growing up, my grandmother who is now... She was so awesome, right? I love her to death. She's so great. But she, she's passed away. And, and I'm going to tell you, she used to give us gifts 
That sounded really rude, and I apologize. I love my grandmother. She was so great. I mean, and she loved me. I'm going to tell you. She used to come to our house. Tiffany, the first time I, Tiffany ever met my grandmother, we called her the red grandma because she had red couches. Super weird. I don't know. Yeah. So basically, she came over, and she was real old at that point, but she came over, and I'm telling you, like, like just came up to Tiffany, and she goes, I love Jason. He's my favorite grandson in front of all my brothers and my sister. And I'm like, wow, like, don't even play. Like, well, she came up to Tiffany, and she goes, I took three extra strength pain pills just to come see you today. <laughs> so messed up. I'm, I'm going to burn. I'm telling you. Okay. So she, the thing about my grandmother is she didn't have a lot of money and, and her parents, from what I understand, her parents were like archeologists or something. They traveled a lot and they got a lot of stuff from around the world. Well, my grandmother would randomly wrap things around her house and just give them to me. Right. And I'm telling you, I have a, I have a, um, <laughs> I've got a box here full of them, right? And I don't want you to see this one because it's the best one, okay? So for real, I feel like I, we were married when my grandmother said this to me. She sent me two of them, and one of them broke, and I super glued it last night. Like, they are silver. I'm pretty sure Jesus drank out of this, <laughs> pretty sure, okay? Like, <laughs> like the Last Supper, okay? Like, just sent it to us in the mail, and I'm like, Thanks, Grandma. Like, so appreciated, okay? And then one day, this is hilarious. I wish we had cameras so I can, like, get a... Uh, <laughs> My grandmother sends me a vase, like, or a vase, whatever you say it, right? It's a vase with a bunch of stamps from all over the world, I think. And no joke, a picture of her and my grandfather on the vase. <laughs> like, she just sent it to me. I'm like, wow. Like, thank you, right? And so... One year, one year, my grandmother gave me a, uh, she gave me a, a gift, and it was for Christmas, and I, you know, we, I was a brat when I was younger, so we were like, oh, this is not going to be good, and I opened it up, and it was like, uh, uh, it was two cans of dollar store foot cream, <laughs> like, what in the world? Like, it was crusty on one side, and I'm like, in the trash, right? Like, thanks, Grandma. Well, this is no joke. This was for my 21st birthday, Right? My grandmother gives me something, and before I, before y'all see it, <laughs> she get, I'm pretty sure she pulled this off her wall, right? Just pulled it off of her wall, but she she brings the, or she brings this to me, and it was wrapped up, and I unwrap it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> and you know how do you how do you tell me what you would do, okay? If somebody gave this gift to you, okay? So 21st birthday, I'm super pumped, and she gives this to me. <sighs> Y'all would. Y'all have birds. Y'all would love it. You know what? Here, I'm just kidding. You can't have it. I'll cherish this forever. Listen to me. How many of you know that the gifts that God gives are not like that? How many of you believe that? The gifts that God gives will change your life. And I'm telling you, the first ounce of real genuine love started with a gift. I'm going to read John 3, 16 one more time. It says, for God so what? Loved the world that he what? Gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5, Romans 5, 12 says this. When Adam sinned, sin, actually, I'm going to jump. Wait, where does it start? I think it starts at 
Yeah, that's right. Okay. Is that right? Is that right? Okay, cool. Sorry. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. So everyone sinned. Verse 13. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Verse 14, still everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even though who did not disobey an explicit commandment from God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol and a representation of Christ who was yet to come. Watch this. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's glorious what? Gift. Come on, say that again. God's glorious what? Gift. There is a great difference between God's glorious gift. It says this, for the sin of this one man brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and gift of forgiveness to many through this sin of one man, Jesus. Or from, what does it say? I'm so sorry. From the many of this one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 16, it says, and the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of this one man. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Do you believe that? Come on. Even though we are guilty of many sins, for this, one, for this sin of one man, Adam, caused death and rule, to rule over many. But even greater is God's grace and gift of righteousness for all who receive it and will live triumphant. Watch this. Over sin and death through this one man Jesus Christ come on somebody does that not pump you up I, and I, I know I botched that a little bit but the reality is this watch this our perspective of love will directly dictate our view of the father that was way better than y'all are preaching back come on our perspective of love will directly dictate our view of the father think about this when I was growing up you know, my dad and I have a great relationship now, but just being real and vulnerable, my, my relationship with my father was not very good. And I struggled with it bad. I struggled when I got saved with the idea of the fact that we, we are supposed to love this father in heaven, but my only example of a father at that time was not a very good example. And some of you in this room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. What it took for me is for me to experience the love of the Father, to experience the love of God, and to read the Word, to understand that His heart for me was good. His heart for me was a plan of good and not for evil. Do you believe that tonight? His heart for us was for us to do well. The whole reason why Jesus went to the cross, watch this, is to restore our relationship with the Father. The whole reason. And here's the reality. We live in a culture right now, y'all. We live in a culture right now where the enemy is scheming all over the place. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this, so Satan will not outsmart us. We are familiar with his evil schemes. The reality is, is they may have been aware. They may have known what was going on. But the truth is, is some of us, and even I at some point, didn't know what was going on. My heart and my goal for us as your pastors and as the pastors of this church is to literally expose the lies of the enemy in your life. That is our goal. God's love is always giving and is always good for you. Do you believe that tonight? 
God's love is always giving and is always good for us. Second one is this, real love chooses us. Real love chose us. Do you realize that you are chosen? Do you realize that you are chosen tonight? Do you believe that? The reality is, is Jesus has chosen you. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Watch this. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through who? Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So Tiffany and I, we've wanted to adopt for a really long time, and it just feels like every season that we get into, something, something happens. We were so close to adopting a, 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 it was like three kids in Florida, and then, and then the Lord called us to plant a church, and, and, uh, and it kind of put some wrinkles in that. But here's the reality. Something that, something that Tiffany and I have talked about is when we adopt it's really important for you to be able to walk through what's going on when these kids get older and realize that, you know, that, man, their parents gave them up for whatever reason. And even my sister was adopted, and she struggled with some of these concepts. But I'm like, I'm sitting here going, when, when those kids get to a, a place where they start asking questions, our heart is to be able to go, listen, you weren't just born into a family. You, it wasn't a surprise. You were chosen by someone. We saw you and we said, we want you. We want to choose this person. How many of you know that when God looked at us, he said the same thing? You may not be naturally Jewish. You may not be Hebrew by, by biology, but you might be, or you have been adopted into this family. Do you believe that tonight? You have been adopted. So not only does God choose us, but he pursues us. How many of you know every person in this room is being pursued by the presence of God? Do you believe that? Every person in this room, Psalms 23, 6 says this, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. When I was in California, a youth pastor out there, and praise God for all people that do youth and kids work. Come on. Can we just give it up for them? Yeah, exactly. They, they have something special on their lives. Well, we were youth pastors, and I was sitting in my office in California. And I remember being at what I felt like was the highlight of, of our ministry at that time. And I just remember sitting in my chair going, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this. And you know what's crazy is I didn't even pray that directly to the Lord, but the Lord met me right there in my office. And I'm telling you, I had such an incredible moment with the Holy Spirit. And I am believing that tonight, someone in this room, God is going to breathe life into you. Watch this. If you have breath in your lungs, I want you to hear me say this. If you have breath in your lungs, the Holy Spirit is still pursuing you. If you have breath in your lungs and you are alive, how many of you are alive in this room? Come on. If you are alive in this room, the Holy Spirit is still pursuing you. And Brianna, if you want to jump back up on the keys, you can. This is my fourth point. I want you to hear me say this. This is really big because I want to kind of land the plane on this. Real love should cause a response. 
I say should cause. I almost put real love will cause. But the reality is, is there are people that I've seen it. There are people, they experience the presence and, and, and maybe they just stay where they are. Real love should cause a response. I want to read this scripture to you and then we're going we're gonna to end this tonight. 1 Corinthians 13. It says, four, verse 4, it says this, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Verse 6, it says, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. See, when I was growing up, I would have people read scriptures like this. And actually, there was, there was a, a pastor, I remember one time, that he read this passage. And he said, he said, what I want you to do is I want you to put your name in that verse. And I'm like, and he was like, if your name can fit in that verse, then you understand what love is. And I don't know about you, but for years, I read it like that. And I read it like this, Jason is patient. <laughs> nope. Put your name in there before you start throwing stones at me, right? Jason is patient. Nope. Jason is kind. You know, I try to be. I really do. I try to be kind. Jason does not demand his own way. <laughs> Sometimes I try not to, okay? Jason is not irritable. Come on, right? Jason keeps no record of wrong. And I just keep reading this. And the more and more I read this, the more and more I understand that I failed this. The more and more I read this, the more and more I feel condemned and I feel like I have failed. Listen to me. The prop love in proper context changes this whole verse. Let me read it in proper context. It says this, because let me read John, 1 John 4, 16. It says this. We know how much God loves us. You can turn that up just a little bit, Brian. Are you trying? Sorry. Y'all, unmute this woman, please. Thank you. It says this. We know how much God loves us and put our, put our trust for, and we have put our trust in his love. God, somebody say God, is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. God is love. So let me read this verse in proper context. Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Jesus does not demand his own way. Jesus is not irritable. And Jesus keeps no record of being wronged. Jesus does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. He never gives up. He never loses faith. He is always hopeful. And Jesus endures through every single circumstance. I don't know about you guys, but when I read it like that, it pumps me up. Listen, this is a love poem written to us from the Father. This is a love poem that was written to us from the Father. Hey, can you bump the keys up just a little bit? And let's stand to our feet tonight. And this is what I want. I'm going to pray over everyone in this room.